podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. People to episode 424 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. And... Ian Loring, hello folks. And, and we, 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 have, we have gone to the house of Gucci this week, haven't we? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's where we've gone, we've gone to the house of Gucci. Uh, and on our way back, um, we, we, we nipped into Russia uh, for some... Rocky versus Drago. I mean, you took that too far, then it didn't work, did it? Yeah, I, I, I'm standing by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking to it. I think it. I think I. I think fuck you. <laughs> um, what else have we got? We've got some. Uh, we've been watching. Um, I have one trailer. <laughs> That's it. I don't. I don't think I have any. Yeah, um, I only have one because I watched it about literally three or four uh, minutes ago, and that's it. Um, uh, and that's that, that's all I have. Um, and then you know we've got the other other bits we have, uh, don't we? Yes. Yes, news and things. News and things. Yes, we're a Pod Syndicate podcast, uh, everybody. There's other Pod Syndicate podcasts out there, including his film, her movie, the Rewatch Project, Chinchester Punter, and other ones out there. So go there and, and listen to more of those. And if you want to see some more of us, then you can uh, subscribe to our Patreon uh, if you want to do that, where you can listen to us chat Hellraiser movies, Twilight movies, or the movies of Michael Mann. Uh, so yeah, so that's 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 all that out of the way. Ian, what's been happening in the news this week? Well, um, I'm ever so slightly bracing for things to start getting delayed again. Um, nothing, you know, nothing's been announced as getting delayed, but um, you know, it's a little bit squeaky bum time. Um, you know, the No Way Home tickets went on sale on Monday, and uh, you know. Are cinemas still going to be open in a couple of weeks' time? I think they will be. Um, the UK government are going to do fucking everything they can to try and convince us that everything's okay. Um, but we shall see. Um, there's been some casting news. Ooh. Um, so, Nicolas Cage oh, is yeah. back in the studio movie world, which is cool. 
Um, and it's interesting, this. So he's playing Dracula in a film called Renfield. Yes, where uh, I think uh, Nicholas Holt, I sorry. believe, is Renfield. Yeah. Oops, say again. Uh, Nicholas Holt, I believe, is playing Renfield in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, being directed by Chris McKay, who directed the Lego Batman movie, and I believe he directed The Tomorrow War. Um, so, you know, some okay pedigree there. But yeah, Nicolas Cage in it as Dracula feels like he's maybe going to be a supporting performance if it, if the film is literally called Renfield. Um, and yeah, I mean, fascinating. Um, great to see Cage in a studio movie again. I mean, apart from Into the Spider-Verse as a, in a vocal role, it feels like it, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I wonder what Nicolas Cage's last, like, proper... Could it have been... Could it have been um, Kick-Ass? Would that count as a studio movie? Or technically that was um, independent, wasn't it? I mean, that was independent, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, God. Was it... I mean, when was The Sorcerer's Apprentice... That would have been, like, what, 2010, 2011? It was whenever they were trying to make Jay Baruchel a thing. Yeah, until he decided he didn't want to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, it feels like it's been a really long time. And, obviously, you know, he's he's been doing whatever the fuck he wants. And I bet he got this offer and he was like, yeah, fuck it, go on then. Um. So yeah, no, yeah, that that looking forward to that. Nicholas Holt is all right, you know, he's okay. Um, so we'll 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 see how that one goes. I think it might be Ghost Rider sequel, twenty eleven. That Left Behind was a Jeez. studio movie, wasn't it? Yeah, look, mm, no. I mean it was shit, but. It's like a Christian studio, wasn't it? <laughs> God, that film made us mad, didn't it? It's fun. There's like loads of them left behind movies, I think. Them. Is there? Yeah, it's like three of them. Mm. Cage on you one, though. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, yeah. It, it feels like like somebody suggested that as a joke, uh, thinking that the, the, the studio would just go, <laughs> yeah, not really seriously, and they went, "That's a great idea." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, we'll see. We don't really know what the genre is yet, kind of what the tone of it's going to be. So uh, even though you'd think it's going to be at least comedic. I mean, it would be amazing if it was like really serious and Nicolas Cage was playing a serious Dracula, but it just feels like you don't get Nicolas Cage uh, uh, in a, as a serious Dracula, do you? No, you, 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 want, you want him to go a little bit cagey. It does say in the IMDb trivia that despite having a long history of turning down movie roles where his character is not the main character, he agreed to this as it's been a lifelong dream to play Dracula and he loved the comedy elements. You see, go. You see, I, I, I do have a feeling that, that unlike The Rock with his, it's his lifelong dream to, um, to, to, to play, to be in a movie based on a, a ride, I do think it could be because it's Cage's lifelong dream to play Dracula. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it's from seeing the Christopher Lee performances idolised it. The idea of doing that role ever since. Well, that 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 genuinely does not surprise me. <laughs> uh, any other news that has stood out? Has anything happened this week? 
to be honest, not not really, as far as I can tell here. Um, Thanksgiving, isn't it? It is, yeah. Everything seems to have been a really quiet few weeks. Like you saying, um, we, we looked for, um, and it's quite a nice segue into, I think, the one trailer we've got. Um, <laughs> we looked for trailers, didn't we? Yeah. And we're like, oh, there just hasn't really been any, um, which is odd, um, which is really odd. No, um, again, you know, I, I think that... There should be some big ones coming in the next couple of weeks, though, because you've got... Um, oh, even actually, I will say one very quick thing. David Dastmalchian has joined the cast of Boston Strangler, joining Kira Knightley, Carrie Coon, Alessandra Nivola, and uh, Chris Cooper, which is about the, the Boston Strangler. Um, he's joining the cast in what is described as a pivotal, undisclosed role. Um, I'll be honest, if you're not saying who David Dasmalchian is playing in a film about the Boston Strangler, he's playing the Boston Strangler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's, that's, that's the, well, we're not going to tell you who he is. He's the Boston Strangler, isn't he? Well, you'll have to find out, won't you? I mean, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I thought that was interesting. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, you know, we, we, we're getting towards what? So, what have we got? We've got West Side Story next week. Yep. Um, we've got Spider-Man the week after. We've got The Matrix and The King's Man the week after. So, it feels like films coming in the spring and summer, we, we should really start getting more content for them. Like, I could... You know, I, I would imagine we'll get a teaser for Doctor Strange too. I mean, you've um, forgotten you've forgotten the most important release between now and the end of the year. Ian, Resident Evil comes out on Friday. Um, I I can't say I've forgotten it just because I don't <laughs> think studios are necessarily looking to attach too much to Resident Evil. Unfortunately, that thing did not debut well in the US last week. Oh, did it? Um, not? No, um, I, I think over the five-day Thanksgiving holiday, it did eight million dollars. Um, uh, I mean, by a uh, point of comparison, my House of Gucci did uh, over twenty. Um, so, yeah, which is I, I, I'm, I am remaining hopeful about Resident Evil. Watching it Saturday afternoon, and I'm uh, pretty excited for it. But, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> it, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what we get over the next few weeks and whether this Omicron stuff starts making studios think, oh shit, should we actually be putting things out? But at the same time, it feels now like if cinemas do close again, they'll just be like, right, PVOD or streaming service, this shit. If it, it feels like they, they got quite used to doing that when cinemas were closed, so... You know, you'll just see Doctor Strange like, okay, we'll do it Disney Plus and cinemas if they're open. Yeah. You know, so it, it feels like these things will keep going. But yeah, like like you say, really quiet trailer time at the moment, which is a shame. I like I like trailers. Yeah, we got we got um we, we had uh West Side Store in the big screen, didn't we? Yeah. Today? And Licorice Pizza on the big screen, which was quite nice. Um, and so, like the, there's a lot of early word coming out from West Side Story that it is that it, what I keep seeing is that it's 
it, it's West Side Story as you would imagine it if Steven Spielberg directed it. It's it, 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 everything that's really is look. It's really competently done. It's really good. It's kind of what you expect. Yeah, and I'm very much like I'm fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> it just it look like the look of it just feels like unlike anything you see these days. You know, um, it. I mean, it, it's such a shame that it. I, I do want to rewatch it in the Heights, as I think I said last week. But mm. it's such a shame that in the Heights, basically just looked drab, Naff. and flat. Um, and you look at West Side Story; it's like they, this is how you do it. And it's like I, I think it was film critic Robert Daniels, I think it was, um, tweeted about West Side Story, saying it's shot by someone who obviously knows how to actually shoot these things, and that that feels like it's. You know, it it is becoming more of a oh shit! It's actually shot by someone who knows how to shoot these things um, than than it than it really should do. Um, Fucking pumped for West Side Story. Like uh, a week Sunday, I'm gonna go see it. I'm gonna be very hungover, and two and a half hours of that is gonna be just chef's kiss shit. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so similar to the Licorice Pizza trailer as well. But actually, of, of, of new trailers, I have watched one. Has anyone watched anything? No, man. I just watched earlier the uh, Sky Cinema Originals film. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Last Train to Christmas. Uh, Donna was talking to me about this one. I haven't seen the trailer, but I know what it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Michael Sheen and um, Natalie Manuel. Is it? Yeah. 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 So it's them. Essentially, he's on a train, and every carriage he goes into takes him to a different point of his life. (laughs) Okay. Um, Trailer. Do you know what? It looks interesting. Yeah. It looks. It. It. It it looks like one of those things where I go. Do you know what? I am happy to watch that on like a Christmas weeknight. (laughs) Yeah. It has got Christmas week night written all over it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like, I'm going to have a look now and see how long it is. But if it's anything more than like 98 minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a bit worried now. <laughs> mm. Last, last train, train to Christmas. Uh, it doesn't have a time on it yet. But yeah, that's. Yeah, it, it looks it looks fun. It looks fun enough. It, it, it's interesting that because I think that comes out li- on on Sky Cinema like literally the Friday, um, not the Friday before Christmas because that's Christmas Eve, but the Friday before that, and it's just incredibly late in in the Chris like the run up to Christmas period to put that out there. Mm. You know, like net. Uh, sorry, before Christmas the eighteenth, it comes out. Yes, that's the Saturday. It's literally yeah. a week before Christmas. Yeah. Like, just... Yeah, like, I don't know. So that film is going to be relevant for a week. Yeah. You'd think they'd have put it out, like, Friday. The Friday just gone? Yeah, from, like, from, like, in two days' time. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, give it, give it like, a good few weeks. Mm. 
it's like, okay, you're probably going to get a lot of people watching it that weekend because Sky do promote these Sky Cinema original things quite well, in fairness. So you will get that. But then after a week, no, no fuck is going to be watching that on Boxing Day. No, no, it literally is. It, it's, it's something people will catch next year if they don't get it in that week. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it does seem strange. You would, you would think that, like you said, they'd have given it a couple of weeks run rather than just, you know, not really. Mm. Yeah. But I don't think um, Sky Cinema have got their, their timings quite down yet. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, funnily enough, like, just a website I'm on at the moment, there's a sidebar ad for Sky Cinema, and it said A Boy Called Christmas was available 26th of November. Oh, yes, I did see something about that. 26th of November, fair enough. You know, like, around Thanksgiving. You know, any time from Thanksgiving to, like, I'd say this Friday, to, or maybe the Friday after, you know, give it a couple of weeks. That's your time to drop Christmas films and have them be relevant for a somewhat decent period of time. Mm. That's the one from the uh, guy who did Monster House and City of Ember. What, A Boy Called Christmas is directed by Gil Keenan? Yeah. Co-writer of uh, uh, Ghostbusters Ghost Afterlife, yeah. Co-writer of Ghostbusters right. Afterlife, this is the only other film he's written. <laughs> he didn't write any of his others. Right, I mean, like, I wasn't... I had no interest in watching it whatsoever, but I like Gil Keenan. I mean, I, 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 I won't um, hang Ghostbusters Afterlife on him too, uh, too much. Um... Fucking hell. Yeah, do you know what? Lots might like this. I might actually get her to watch this. Um, yeah, I might watch that this week. Uh, we, we can report back. There you go. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 26th of November that was on there. That that feels appropriate. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, see, yeah, I'm, 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 fucking hell, we are fucking... Usually we're about an hour in when we get to this point. <laughs> it, it, it's confusing me. I'm not going to lie. It's because there is no... We... We were quite quick last week, though, as well. Yeah, we were, actually, yeah. You have a gift, I'm telling you. Oh, stop. Stop, you're going to make me... You're going to make me cry. Nobody has ever said that to me. Nobody. Paolo, why don't you have your own line? These are just mock-ups. I can't afford to get serious. With your gift and your talent and your vision? Are you kidding Gucci needs no blood. Goodbye, 1930s. Hello, 80s. Huh? You took your words right out of my guts. Hello, Gucci. Let's let's go to the house of Gucci. Uh, yes, please. Well, it is directed by Rudy Scott. Uh, and who have we got? Who's he brought along with him? He's brought along Lady Gaga, and Driver, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Selma Hayek, Jack Houston, um, and yeah, and, and a lot of costumes. He's brought costumes. What is it the story of? Um, when Patrizia Reggiani, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. 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 Yes. Um, Ian, you were hmm. very excited for House of Gucci, weren't you? Um, I was. Yeah. Um, and 
it was was it just the the, the 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 campy, just ridiculous and trashiness of it that, that kind of got you you, you pumped for this uh, in a way that maybe the seriousness but bro haircuts of uh, the last jewel couldn't quite get you you pumped up. Uh, so House of Gucci, did it did it tick the boxes you wanted it to tick, or did it tick other boxes? No, yeah, I think that's an interesting way of putting it. I think it it ticked it did ticked it ticked those boxes. Um, I'm unsure it did much else. Like I liked House of Gucci, and I'm looking forward to watching it again. Um, but I think that there 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 are structural problems with it, which. Um, I I think a partially subjective and partly objective. So I'll get the subjective out of the way first. I saw a meme last week uh, about House of Gucci, where it was um that episode of The Simpsons where it's like um Homer's pitching like a a cartoon or something, and he's like, whenever um the other character, uh, whenever the character's not on screen, they should be asking where's blah blah blah. Yeah, the Poochie episode. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it was the Poochie episode. And they, they, they were saying, where's Lady Gaga and Adam Driver? And I agree with the the meme, but I would say everybody should be asking, where's Jared Leto? Um, Jared Leto, in this film, he's not going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but I sincerely would support it because even though it is a it is a heightened commi- knowingly comedic performance and Ridley Scott has said as much i think he nails that character the black sheep of the family who is basically like a a, a man child who like has insane self-belief and through the course of the film gets absolutely shit upon by his family when in the end of the day yes he's ambitious and whatnot but he's not stabbing people in the back you know and the last scene with him and Al Pacino like where where the um Pacino's selling off his his uh shares in Gucci I I I genuinely felt sorry for Jared Leto's character in that moment um, but you've also got him coming out with some of the weirdest ways of delivering dialogue you will ever hear. Um, but honestly, honestly, Jared Leto, MVP of this film. And I, I'm stunned because I thought I was just going to laugh at him. <laughs> but I, 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 I thought he was a really complete character. Um, and, and, and this is the thing, Adam Driver and Lady Gaga, I thought they were good. Um, but kind of just doing what you kind of doing what you expect them to do. I think Adam Driver's got a nice line in geeky, just being a bit uncomfortable. Like the early him and Gaga scenes, where he is just a a bit like, I don't really know what to do here. Um, I thought were really well played. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll discuss more in a bit. But yeah, I suppose. It ticked the boxes, 
And it ticked one box with an extremely big tick with Jared Leto. But I think there are enough problems with it where you totally see why it's not being called one of the best films of the year. Yeah. Becky. Structure and tone. Did you get on with it? Um, do you know what? I, I really did to start off with. I thought the, the the first part of it, the pacing of it was quite good. Um, it seemed quite fun. It seemed like it was kind of the campy kind of vibe that it was selling in the trailers. And then it's it's like it got to a certain point and just hit a slow motion button. I'll tell you what that point is, Bex. See if you agree with this. Yeah. When he, Adam Driver, is forced to leave his house and he goes to the snowy place and meets that old flame of his. From there on, I think the film gets demonstrably less engaging and doesn't really recover. Um, Yeah. You know what? You might be be right. It was... Possibly felt a bit earlier, but it might have been. Um, it might have been because from there on, it felt like it took forever. <laughs> like it felt sure really, really long. I said to Mark afterwards um, when when we came out, it was the the longest film that I've ever seen that should have been a TV miniseries. Yeah, I can see that. It just it felt like it skimmed over a lot of stuff that would have made it more interesting to keep it shorter, but it was still long, but then it didn't have the interesting stuff that it had left out to keep it shorter. So it wasn't engaging and long. It was kind of kind of dull for a film that looked like it was going to be kind of camp, kind of bonkers and kind of fun. Yeah, I, th- th- this is this is the thing, right? It it is really really fun in that first act, it, you know. Like the the audience I was in, there were a, a, a group of women like down towards the front of the screen, and when Adam Driver and Lady Gaga were going at it in that office, they were f- having the time of their fucking lives. <laughs> like it, like you could hear them like whooping and going, "Oh my god!" and like. Obviously, like they, they were Adam Driver stands, but it felt like that was the kind of energy that the film was going to have for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it it just that third act is just uh fine. Okay, Gaga, you know, does she actually want to get back with him, or does she not? Is it just because of the business and right? Sam Hayek's in it quite a lot now, and what's that all about? And oh. But then Tom Ford comes into it, and I'm like, "You've got me again. I'm back in the room." <laughs> I didn't think Ian's gonna like the Tom Ford bit. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I just I don't know, and I think there's the the the, the cast all seem to think they're in in some cases vaguely different films, but in some cases vastly different films. Like, the film that Jared Leto thinks is in is not the film that Adam Driver thinks that is in. Um, I just really like Leto in this, so I'm not I think I'm I kind of predisposed him. to disagree. Yeah, no, I... no, no, I'm not saying he's not good in it. He's good at what he's doing. Adam Driver's good at what he's doing, 
but they're both very different I, I, but I things. Think, I think that's an intentional thing. I think it's to give the juxtaposition that um, that all of the Gucci's are characters and almost caricatures of, of, of what they are. Yeah, but they make uh, him out to... Go on. And uh, that he's not... And it, it's what has separated him apart from it, is that he's not got that... That element of um, you know eccentricity towards him, but then reading like Tom Ford's comments and his critique of it, especially with regards to I the Paolo. Yeah, but you're mixing up the, the, the reality between the film. Yeah, but he's saying you know yeah Paolo was eccentric, but he wasn't like he wasn't mentally impaired like the film makes him out to be. Mm. He wasn't just an idiot. And that's how the that's how the portrayal in the film makes him out to be. Oh yeah, the, 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 the truth is quite a lot. It's quite far from the the story. But I don't. But then, even just coming back to the film, it's like it is like he thinks he's in a very different film. It's very he's he's very pantomimey and very campy and very kind of all over the place. Whereas the rest of it's trying at least a little bit to be a serious film. Ah, but that's where I think the mistake is. Yeah. Is, is, is that's where I think the, that, that's where I, I think the key mistake is the film is, it should have all been Jared Leto it, it, it should have all they should have all been in the movie that Jared Leto yeah, thought he was yeah. in yeah oh god yeah because it would have been so much better so much more insane like you say Mary when Leto is on screen it's better but it's not just look at the buffoon no you do get the you can see them essentially manipulating them Mm. And it's it, he just it, he isn't the character, not the person, but the character just isn't bright enough to get with it, and they know it. That's why they're manipulating him. He's got and he's really not great a, emotional beats in the movie as yeah. well. And I think you said it, Ian, um, earlier. He's not a dickhead. No. You know, he's no. not. He's not an arsehole. He, he doesn't have a. He never has like a hissy fit or anything. There's a few moments, but. He, he, you know, yes, he pisses on the scarf, but to be fair, that was in a reaction, I think, to the fact that Jeremy Irons' character, in a brilliant scene, to be honest, in a withering takedown. That's a great, great, like, fucking burn, that, isn't it? Yeah. Triumph but, of mediocrity. But, but the thing <laughs> is, within all of that, within all the prosthetics and all the ridiculousness and the, you know, the, the, the stupidity that... that, that that Leto is is putting out there uh, his character. There's actually some really good acting going on there. Mm. There's some there's some great facial acting of while he's while he's saying all this, and then as soon as you know, as soon as Paolo starts to realise, hang on a minute, he doesn't think I'm the silent genius. I'm the other one, and he doesn't. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's there's a he's been crushed by it. Yeah, you know he's yeah. gone there essentially saying, "Look, my dad's now seeing your son, you know, as as the future of Gucci. So maybe, you, but you didn't. Maybe, maybe you'll get me because we were the designers. We're not the businessmen. We're the designers. So you'll get me. It was a he, he thought that he was just appealing to another creative." Yeah, and there's there's that, and then like you say, the you know towards the end, it's just you know, and then the end bit, I mean, he died in poverty. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean... Can I just, can I confirm something with you guys before we move on from Jared Leto? He cameos in it as himself later on, doesn't he? Not as himself, but like not in the makeup. D- behind, it, it, at, the, at the fashion show. Yeah. As like the person who's like Seeing ushering people the on. Yeah. That I, is him, I wondered it? that. I I thought it was. Um, I wonder if we can confirm that. Because I was just like, that guy looks like Jared Leto. I'm sure it was. Um, I, I saw... Um, Earlier in the movie, there was someone that looked like a, an unprosthetic Jared Leto, and I wondered if he was, if that was him. But then, I'm pretty certain that that was. Huh. What? Martin Scorsese was considered to direct. That's interesting. That is interesting because um, I raised this point after we watched it. I reckon. Yeah. That that uh, I think, and I, I'm a little bit all worldly to Scorsese, and I accept that. Yeah. Um, but I think if you were going for a crime thriller version of this movie, mm. or a satirical black comedy version of this movie, I do think that Martin Scorsese would have done both versions better than what Ridley Scott has done here. Mm. But I do think it, it, it's because I think he, I think he did a better serious version of this with All the Money in the World, which I still think is a very underrated Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, I thought it was very very good. Um, but yeah, I think you guys are both right that the first the first act is is a lot of fun and it it, it feels you know it feels quite quite floating, adventurous and, and bits like that and you're waiting for the bite to kick in. Um, I disagree with the idea uh, that it could have been a miniseries uh, because I actually think once you get to the, the actual crux of it, I actually don't think there's that much story there. I think I think that's because they've left a lot out. To keep it to a movie runtime, possibly, um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's an odd film. I do think it could have been because I, I I didn't actually have a problem with the pacing or anything like that. I I, I when it got towards you the said end, it felt quite quick. Didn't I, you? I was quite shocked that I'd been watching something for two and a half hours. Um, so I I had a good enough time with it. I do agree that. That totally it, it veers off in a different direction once you hit the um, the bit where he decides that they're going to divorce. See, I'd I'd say it's earlier than that for me. I think totally it it, it changes when his dad dies. It stops being as fun yeah. after Adolfo dies. Possibly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it takes a turn at that point, mm. but. I don't... It doesn't derail I don't think it, 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 it... Sorry? It doesn't derail until, like you say. No, I, yeah, I don't think it really goes, right, I'm kind of slightly checking my watch here until that that kind of, like, last third or so. I I, I think it's probably about two-thirds in that the snowy... That like, that it starts with the snowy stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just because at that point, it's like, right, okay, so he's met this other woman, so he's obviously going to get with her. And it, it seems to quite quickly go from, like, that, like she's scheming and kind of manipulating him to suddenly he's like, right, you're out. Yeah. But, like, it, it, there doesn't seem to be, like, a moment of kind of, like, realisation. Yeah, he, 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 his character um, turns from being... Look, from, 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 as you watch it going, he's been manipulated by this woman um, constantly, constantly to, oh, oh, he's a bit of a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
really quite quickly. Um, and then, you know, it delves into the, you know, the fact that he, he was just essentially, he, he was just as good at scheming as she was. Mm. He was just a bit more underhand with it. Wasn't as honest with it. Mm. But it doesn't seem to, it, again, as a film, it seems to hint around things that it never quite explores. Yeah. Like, it's clearly, it, it, it's clearly hinting around the fact that she has developed a quite serious drinking problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose it does. Um, but never addresses it. Mm. And I, I also think, that it, although I think that there's... I I think Gaga is good in it. I don't think she's fantastic in it. But her not being in the third act very much does start to let the film down a little bit. Mm. Because it, it stops being... I don't know her her bits after that it almost feels like she's gone a bit zany and a bit like like she's struggling with like alcohol addiction or drug addiction but we don't get to see that so she's just gone a bit zany but for no reason but this this is what I mean about it would be better as a miniseries there's more story there that isn't told but I, but I, I think you could quite easily have put that into here in just a better structured way hmm yeah. More than it's a badly made movie than it is. I don't think it... I, 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 the fact that, that already Ridley Scott has come out and said there will be director's cuts of both The Last Duel and House of Gucci suggests... I, I'm pretty sure, Ridley, you've got the power of first cut here. Yeah. So... Is it just that Ridley well, Scott just doesn't... He just looks at it and watches something and then goes, you know what, maybe I should have done this. And he's constantly remaking the movie. He... He he actually so I, I listened to the interview that that was taken from. He actually says extended cuts. And it's, that still feels a little bit like, you know, if you're already at two hours 30, you can quite easily go to two hours 40, unless it's like a three and a half hour cut comes out. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll see what what happens when it gets here, won't we? Yeah, it just it feels a little bit because he he does like a director's cut. Mm. You know, they, they 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 pretty much all get one. <laughs> More money, isn't it? But I don't think it's with that. I, I I do think it, it. I just don't think the creative process is ever finished for someone like Scott. I think he he's a tinkerer. Yeah, I think he's a tinkerer. Um, but the thing is, if this movie, if there was a three hour twenty minute version of this movie. I would watch it fucking straight away because mm-hmm. I, it, it, I, I think it'd be really interesting. I think there's more interesting story there. I, I think I had a good enough time with it, um, but I, I, I kind of I wanted a bit more. I wanted it more. I wanted it to be a bit more garish and trashy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's quite garish. It's not as trashy as it could have been. No, but I, I, I could have taken more, more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they, they need to remake it, and it, they all need to just be in Jared Leto's movie. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> because I think Salma Hayat might be in Jared Leto's movie, and I think Jeremy Irons might be in Jared Leto's movie. Mm. I think at points, I think Gaga is. Weirdly, I don't think Pacino is. No. It's an oddly, out of all of that cast, it, I would say that Pacino is 
probably one of the most restrained <laughs> in it. Which isn't really what you expect, is it? No, but he's very good in it. Yeah. You know, and the, the moment you get where essentially he he chews him out a little bit. Mm. Without actually properly chewing them out, he's fantastic. I actually think mm. um, oh, I can't remember what he's called now, but the like the assistant guy is very. I'm good. glad you brought this up. Yeah, Jack Houston. What's his character's name? Dominic. Yeah, he's Scott. a shifty fucker, yeah. isn't he? I, he he was good, proper, just in the in the kind of backgrounds, like very delicately playing with shit. You know, it kind of feels like that's how real business people fuck people over is in the way that he's doing it, as opposed to the Lady Gaga kind of like operatic yeah. shit that she's doing. You know, yeah, he, he, he's just he's playing every angle and everybody. But you also get like a really good vibe off him that he just he's worked with this family a long time and he just knows how to 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 play them, how to deal with them, how to live around them. Mm. with all their eccentricities. Whereas she's coming into it and she's maybe not equally as eccentric, but pretty fucking batshit herself. So she's just bringing her own brand of batshit to the, to the table. Yeah. He's, it, it is almost, yeah, it, it is very much like he's this Machiavellian figure in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is, that has, that has been there. Mm. And it's almost like where he takes it is, is pretty much where you'd imagine that fucking, uh, Jeremy Irons character has told him to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, don't let these idiots fucking run it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think Jack Houston's is a, a fascinating, um, actor in the sense that when he first came up the scene um, in his early career he he was like he was very much shooting for the stars you know he wanted to be a fucking movie star Mm. Um, and the problem is he wasn't very good as an actor Mm. you know very good looking guy you know could could, pull that off but he wasn't that great as an actor and it's like he's almost gone off and got really good as an actor. <laughs> um, and then gradually started coming back and going, do you know what? I actually don't think I want to be a fucking movie star. I think I want to be a character actor now. And it, it, it's just, it, it's going to be one of those, I think, it, it was going to keep just cropping up in the background of things. Yeah. For the next 10, 15 years of people going, he's really fucking good. <laughs> um, I thought he was fantastic in it. I, I thought he... He managed to straddle between all the tones of the movie um, yeah. really well. Um, mm. And, you know, he was one of the the more... Because at first you're thinking, you were like, who is he? Because mm. he's in the background of a few scenes before he actually gets to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a great moment where you can tell that him and um, Paolo don't get on. Because Paolo says something in the scene where he's with Jeremy Irons. Mm. And he says something. And then he, he, he cracks the joke, who's going to call me blind? And his point was, not you. Like, almost like he, he he already knows that this guy just takes the piss out of him yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the exact line was now, but I know what you mean. That's right. Yeah. And he, but he'd been in it earlier um, in the room. He was the only non-family member mm. in the room at the party earlier. Yeah. 
that was there. And it was that was quite an interesting bit of you'd seen him in the background a little bit. Hmm. And then he's introduced as oh he's the lawyer. And he's the one who holds the all the fucking cards over him up because he knows that they said that they forged a signature. Which they don't cover. It's a really odd thing within the movie. What do you mean? The signature thing's a big scene in the movie. Uh, that that he didn't sign over the shares bit. Hmm. And then when the uh, the treasury come and they're, they're at the house, the next bit you hear about is Jack Houston going, "What's he saying about a signature?" Ah, so that's not you don't like see you don't her see them or see them talking about forging the signature or anything like that, and it's not mentioned at all again. Because uh, that's the bit that's where I went, went to the bathroom, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So I assumed, oh, well, that must have been what happened there. No. Ah. So it, it just. It does feel like at points there's a few little bits missing. Yeah, because it covers that, doesn't it? When she's forging her dad's signature on checks mm. earlier. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a real it's an oddity, almost like almost literally like there is about five ten minutes missing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. it, it just. The thing is, I enjoyed it, but it is a bit of a... It's an oddity. Yeah, it it is just that it feels like there were 10 minutes too much of one thing and 10 minutes not enough of another. Exactly, yeah. Uh, It it could have been exactly the same length in terms of duration for the movie. But a better structured story. But a better structured story. Mm. Um... Flitted around it. it, it it's such a weird one. Mm, yeah, but it is, yeah. I did have fun with it overall. Mm. And, th- and there are a few oh moments. Like the, 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 the bit with where Pacino starts explaining to um, the guy from Vestec about the gold lining. Yeah. In the shoes. Oh yeah, that bit's painful when he's talking to him about the shoes, and it's like you you know that he knows that Maurizio gave him them. Yeah, but you can see the 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 realization dawning on that fat man. Right, that's awful, but I can't remember his name on his face. Shit, mm. I shouldn't have mentioned the shoes because yeah. where would I have got them from? Yeah, yeah, and then and then, yeah, then but you think that he's leaving. And he just the door and goes, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> and then Driver just peeps around the corner yeah. and ducks back. See, I think he's great but in it. then again, yeah, in the background you've got that I don't think Paolo and Aldo can see. Yeah. Because he's not actually exited the room. Jack yeah. Houston's in the background. Mm. So there's, there's bits of this movie that I talk about. There's, 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 it's going down and then it's going back up again. <laughs> because there's other bits of it. Well, that's it, that I want to watch it again because it's a really fucking interesting movie. But th- that, I think, speaks to the tone of the movie. It's so unbalanced. There's some bits in it that are just fucking great. Mm. And then there's some bits that you're like, well, that makes no fucking sense because you've given us no background. So it, 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 it's just it's just not well structured. It's not well put together. Mm. Is... Is Gaga's trope going to be in movies? You know, like the whole, um, there's always a shot of fucking, of an open boot 
from the perspective of an open boot in Tarantino movie. <laughs> bits like this. Is Gaga's going to be just, she spends a lot of time in the bath. There's a lot of bath <laughs> bits in A Star is Born. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what she does now, because it does feel like she's been very picky. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. Cause I, mean, I think, I mean, it, literally, is it just those two that she's done where she's acted it? In, in films, in yeah. Films, she was in yeah. American Horror Story when she back. Of course she was, yeah. Yeah, she was, yeah. But she didn't... Yeah. Yeah, she was. We she was in a few it. series of it. She's fine. Well, in one of the series, she just plays, like, a wood witch that doesn't really speak much. And then the other one, she's, like, the main character and she plays a vampire. Um, and that kind of... That feels like it's been kind of built for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's all right in that. But then I think she's better when she gets to be a bit campy, and I f- feel like she should have been in this and wasn't. Like she's tried to play it a bit serious, and then it's not necessarily been what it needed to be. Hmm. Mm. Where are we all then on it? See, this, this should have been a perfect candidate for a Geostorm, but it, it's a touching cloth for me. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's not quite shit, because it's got enough redeeming features, but it's definitely not, definitely not shit. The, the end of it really drags. And then goes really quick. Mm. <laughs> Two years Two later. Two years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was brutal, actually. Yeah. Um... You know, just like because you you kind of think the whole plot to kill him is gonna be a factor in it, and maybe that's gonna spice things up. And then it's like, no, Gaga and Hayek go meet those guys. That's about it. Even though I did like the moment where Gaga turns up, like after he's been killed, and she turns up at the house and gives that woman a hug, and it's like. Right, fuck off out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, there's no explanation for how it was all uncovered and bits like that. No. No. And that would That's have been what you want. interesting. Sorry. That would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah it would have been. Yeah, it, it's... It, it, it's like... It's the, it, it is a little bit like the film is not... is not interested in that part of the story. Yeah. It's interested in the... Ridiculousness of the... The, because yeah, of, 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 of what the, led to it. It almost like the story isn't about like the film story isn't about the uh, Maurizio Gucci murder. Mm. It's about how did Gucci end up becoming a fashion house that has no Gucci's in it? Mm. Yeah, it's bonkers that, isn't it? Yeah. And that that's almost like where the story is. I am I am definitely not shit because I just I I think I've talked myself round from a possible touching cloth the more I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty solid definitely not shit, but like I say, it's not going to turn up in surprises, it's not going to turn up in disappointments, it's not going to turn up in best, it's not going to turn up in worst. You know, like, yeah. it, it, it's kind of, right, that's done. Which I suppose is mildly disappointing, but at the same time, the moments that I was having a good time with House of Gucci, I was having a fucking great time. Yeah, that's it. It, 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 it will get nowhere near disappointments for me because mm. 
Because like I say, it was a two and a half hour movie. Um, and when it got to like the last 10 minutes, I was like, holy shit. That, that went by quick. Might turn up in disappointments for me. Might. Mm. Interesting. Um, our, our, our audience poll. I, I did put these out late because uh, I, I forgot. Um, definite shit, 57%. Uh, touching cloth twenty nine percent, shit zero percent, and geostorm fourteen percent. I can go with that. I can go with that, yeah. And that, that's that's fairly accurate. Have you ever wondered what so called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five year olds in front of this movie, it's like if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're gonna know it after it. They're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified. And they're gonna be questioning it, yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like all the orphans and like, oh no, we're gonna die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. CS3P Combat Player 1, choose your character Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player 2, choose your character While you're in luck Punter Round 1, fight Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast Featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Ian, what, what have you been right. watching? Um, okay, so um, I'll start off with uh, another uh, Ridley Scott joint. So uh, last night I had me a few vodka martinis and watched The Counselor. Um, so first time watched since the cinema and I remember being pretty, oh, that wasn't great about the counsellor first time round and I'm a fucking idiot because the counsellor absolutely slaps and fucks. Um, that film is a bunch of people having conversations in really interesting looking places and then every now and then there's some real that there's some like quite gnarly shit that's the counselor <laughs> and that's i mean like the only way i think it would be more for me 
is if it was sent in a winter New York. <laughs> um, the Javier Bardem is doing some fantastic shit in this where he is fucking terrified of Cameron Diaz throughout the entire film and has this bravado about him where he's just like, she's fucking crazy, eh? And he's he's attracted to her and he actually says that he's kind of like worried about why he's attracted to her and what that says about him at one point. Um, but but he's kind of coming up with all this bluster and this funny shit. And it's just, it's hiding the fact that he's scared. But at the same time, he is fucking funny. There is a line, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but during the Cameron Diaz fucking the car scene, where he says, she's looking at, down at me to see if I'm watching. I'm like, no, I'm fucking checking my email. Um, <laughs> which, which he just delivers so well. And the look on his face in that fucking scene is great. And the thing is, it is a crazy fucking story. The reason why he's saying it is to try and get across how fucking nuts this woman is. But both in the kind of like sexually charged, provocative way, but also in the she's going to fucking gone girl me. <laughs> you know, like it, 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 it's great. Um, and like I, I think Fassbender is this fantastic kind of calm center who's in the eye of a storm and then just spends the last 20 minutes being fucking psychologically tortured like the bardem and pitt do, like die quite nastily as well i mean brad pitt's death in this film is holy fucking shit gnarly um yeah but then fassbender it's psychological torment like spoilers for the end of the counselor he basically the last scene that he is in is him crying when he's hiding out um, south of the border and just a kid runs up to his room, throws a padded envelope under the door, runs off, and it's a DVD that just says Ola on it. And you know that on that DVD is going to be some horrific footage of his girlfriend being murdered. And it just ends on him like, looking at this DVD and crying. And it's fucking... It's probably more disturbing than the Brad Pitt death, because at least it's that's relatively quick. You know, this is just like... Fassbender knows he is fucked. He knows wherever he goes, these people are going to are gonna know where he is, and they're toying with him. It is, like, mental. And just the, the way that... The, the, why all this is happening is a fucking just cosmic happenstance of, of a bad combination of factors coming together. Um, Cameron Diaz. I mean, yes. Okay. Apparently she had to read up her entire performance because she fucking did in a Rihanna impression when she first <laughs> did her lines. And the thing is, it's interesting because, like Donna was kind of like watching it, uh, part of it, in, in, it, like in between. She was like on her phone, but I was watching it in the same room, and she was kind of commenting every now and then. And Diaz actually has a couple, uh, has a line in it about like um, something like, "Oh, you want an American girl?" And it's like, "You sound fucking American. Like, what are you talking about?" And it's like, "Oh, okay," because originally 
I don't know, she was from fucking Barbados. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd love to hear that. Um, but yeah, 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 I, 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 yeah I, they should release that cut. <laughs> yeah, 100% release the fucking Rihanna cut. Um, but yeah, I, I really, like, I've I've really turned around on the counsellor. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's perfect, don't get me wrong. But... There's some fantastic scenes. There is some great dialogue. And the sheer fucking nihilism of it is something. Was it the original cut um, or the uh, extended cut that you watched? I'm assuming it was the original cut. It's whatever cut is on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And this film's on Disney+, Plus in, in the UK, um, which is wild. Um, it's just it's so weird fucking like seeing the Disney Plus logo like when you're in the app. Finding the counsellor. It's going to be like The Last Duel. It's like, oh, an 18-rated Rashomon-style tale of rape available on Disney+. Plus. Um, what a world. Um, so, yeah. Segwaying onto Disney. Uh, we went to see the latest uh, Disney animated feature. The uh, 60th Disney Animation Studios, Walt Disney Animation Studios feature. Um, Encanto. Um, so, yeah, uh, story of this one. Um, it's so it's a Latinx. Uh, it's like the first Latinx uh, Disney animation. Uh, it's about a family who uh, have a magical house, and the magical house gives them magical powers. Um, one, uh, but one of the members of the family, voiced by uh, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, who was also in in Heights actually? Um, uh, she doesn't get any powers from the magical house. Um, the magic uh, appears to be fading, and she has to try and figure out why. Um, songs written by Lin Manuel Miranda. The songs are very musical theatre and very Hamilton in their construction. You can one hundred percent tell it's Lin Manuel Miranda doing his Lin Manuel Miranda thing. I'm I'm kind of all right with that. I none of the songs are absolute barnstormers, but Lottie was dancing in her seat for quite a few of them, so you know it it, it worked. Um, it's I, I overall I thought it was fine. It, it it's far from shit, but it does very surprisingly little. To try and take your breath away, um, or at least I thought I, I thought it did. The kind of like the, the the bad guy of the film is more a a, a kind of like a, a relationship thing rather than there actually being a bad guy, and it leads to a third act, which if, if you're feeling it emotionally, it will hit hard for you. But if you're not. There's not really that much visually to carry you through it either. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was fine. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was I was disappointed. Um, there have been people saying, oh, it's uh, Disney Animation Studios' be- uh, best film since Frozen. And... Um, I mean, I'll be honest, Raya and the Last Dragon, I would happily fucking take over Encanto this year. Happily. Um, I re- I'm i going to do a rewatch of Raya and the Last Dragon prior to our end of year show. 
and I'm really looking forward to get, giving that another crack. That film has got emotional resonance, but it's also got some fucking fantastic action and some great visuals. I saw Encanto three days ago. I'm kind of struggling to remember much about it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's not good because I, I think it would be fair to say it, it's kind of your jam. This as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it is. That's the thing. I, I I like my Disney animations, and I like Lin Manuel Miranda. But I do seem to be hot and cold on him, though. But then again, I mean, like it. it the, the songs are fine. It's just like I say. It's a lot of musical theatre stuff where it's like two characters kind of singing over each other and they've got like opposing kind of viewpoints and they're singing about both of them at the same time and that, that you know, that kind of thing. And it it, it is a bit, a, a bit like, okay, just calm down a bit. But th- th- there are also a couple of really solid songs as well they're just not particularly uh toe tapping you know i mean it, it's a free 3.5 out of five probably probably closer to a free now i think about it um but like i say it's not shit it, it, it's not shit and lots had a really really good time with it you know but um as a four quadrant kind of thing i don't think it works fair enough um yeah so uh there's encanto um also rewatched Spider-Man 2, uh, the Sam Raimi. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've only got two more. Okay, fine. Yeah, so Spider-Man 2, um, which um, I think the Peter and MJ stuff is a little bit brutal in this. Um, I don't think Kirsten... So, Tobey Maguire, right, his... Like, there is a bit where Kirsten Dunst says something and he's just like, oh boy. And it's like Raimi directed him to look like you've come in your pants. <laughs> um, And it's just this... And, you know, knowing what we know about Tobey Maguire, it just kind of feels like he's doing this, oh, this is what I imagine a nerd is like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it, it, I, yeah, um, the Aunt May in this is just fucking like, uh, there, there's a speech she gives about a hero which is really boring, but then you've also got her being taken hostage by Doc Ock, and it is a bit like, yeah, drop her. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there's that, but it looks fucking brilliant. You know, um, hey, they shot stuff in a real city. What do you know? It looks great. Yeah, it looks like Um, a real city. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The CG actually still holds up pretty fucking well. Um, I really like Alfred Molina. And Raimi, you know, the Doc Ock in the hospital and the tentacles killing all the hospital staff is still fucking amazing that scene rules and it's very very cool that this got a pg back in the day um it's quite it's quite scary um but yeah i um spider-man 2 i i like it because i like the spider-man stuff and i like the doc ock stuff but there is a lot of peter and mj and i don't care (laughs) um do you know what i do care about though go on 
Carrie Elways and Brooke Shields' relationship in Netflix's A Castle for Christmas. <laughs> Di- directed by Pet Cemetery's Mary Lambert. Um, this is the latest in the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe films. Um, where you wouldn't know it was one of those, apart from a scene where it stops dead in the middle while two side characters from the Princess Switch films check into a hotel. And honestly, I didn't realise it was them. Neither did Donna. And, like, we spent the third act going, well, when are those people going to come into it then? Because it kind of seemed like, are they going to be the ones who actually cause any kind of friction here? And then I googled it. It's like, no, they're the two characters from the Princess Switch. It was like, well, okay, fine. So, Brooke Shields plays an author who has just finished a series of books and it hasn't gone down well. She guests on the Drew Barrymore show, Drew Barrymore playing herself, where even Drew Barrymore gives her a bunch of shit about it. Um, she decides to go on a holiday in Scotland to visit the area where her family grew up and basically has a will-they-won't-they with the owner of a castle, played by Carrie Elways, doing a, to what, to my ear, was a really fucking good Scottish accent. I think it was. Um, As um, she tries to buy the castle off of him, and he says, okay, fine, but you've got to move in with me for a month. And then he tries to force her out by showing how shit living in the castle is. But wouldn't you know it, they may or may not get together. Um, I quite liked this. <laughs> I thought it was charming. Um, you are it, you, you, have become, it, you have become a delightful sucker for these movies, haven't you? The, the, yeah, but the thing is, right, the Christmas Prince films and the Princess Switch films, I watch them because they're fucking stupid. Yeah, like they're they're really really stupid. A Castle for Christmas. I don't know. It was quite sweet. Um, I, I, I thought, I thought it worked well enough. Don't get me wrong. It's not a five star banger, but he's he's a three out of five. I'd probably watch a castle for Christmas again before I watch Encanto again. The thing is, so yeah, the thing is, I, I can, I can see why with these things that you can kind of go, do you know what? That these are meant to, they're not meant to be watched at any point. They're meant to be watched to get you in like a Christmassy mood. So, as long as they do that, they've already got a little bit of grace. Yeah, and I mean, they, you know, to be fair, at one point I did say to Donna, it'd be a shame if they put some Christmas in this Christmas movie. Um, but then there was some snow. And they, they kind of just about get away with it. And like in the third act, there's there's some stuff actually set at Christmas. It's like, yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I, I, I thought it was quite sweet. I enjoyed it. It looks good. You know, Mary Lambert's obviously been ar- around the block directorial wise and she knows how to shoot shit. And I, I actually thought Shields and Elways had some decent chemistry together. It's also, I will say... These these Christmas cinematic universe films, they all star people who are in their twenties or at most early thirties. So it was good to have one that's like Shields and Elways, where they're obviously in their like forties, fifties. Yeah. So that's you know, a little bit of a different 
talk to it. Yeah, different vibe, different vibe. Even though I swear to God, it's like every single one of the uh, female protagonists in these films is an author or a mag or, or like writes for a magazine. I mean, I talked about Love Hard last week, and she wrote for a magazine. Um, yeah, it's interesting. One thing, I, one last thing to finish off with the, with these films. Um, they're they're made by this product this production company. Wherever I see their logo, I just think I'm in for a good time here. Uh, the Motion Picture Corporation of America. <laughs> what a fucking name! And they only seem to do these Netflix Christmas Cinematic Universe films. That's all I ever see their fucking title card on, uh, or their production logo on. It's great, but yeah, there you go. Um, we're going to watch The Princess Switch free at some point, so I might report back on that next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm just having a look of the, that um, of that company's notable releases. Uh, Go on. You have uh, the um, Lara Flynn Boyle, Josh Charles, and Stephen Baldwin movie Threesome. Uh, Great. Um, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Biodome, Kingpin, Beverly Hills Ninja, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, and then yes, a shitload of like um, majority of their movies are like Hallmark movies and things like that. Yeah, that that just makes all the sense. I mean, like it kind of bangers to start with by the sounds of it, but um, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. It, it does feel like the Hallmark channels, like. Home studio, yeah. I, I, I think that literally is it. I think they they are the exclusive studio for that for the whole match. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's me. Better make, better, better make a sick bank doing that. Bet they do. Becky, what have you been watching? I haven't watched anything on my own. All right, fair enough. What have we been watching? <laughs> have I watched anything on my own? I don't know. Cowboy Bebop. How's that been? It's good. I like it. It's John Cho. It's fun. Good. In comparison to the... Well, I'm not as well-versed in the anime as some people are. I think the people that have decided that they really hate the live-action one are the people that are very gatekeepery about it. Fair enough. It's what it is. They can exist at the same time. Fair enough. But yeah, it's fun. It's Good. Fun. What have we been watching now? Um, okay, so following on from obviously and talking about it last week and it being Thanksgiving on the day that we recorded, we that evening watched Planes, Trains and Automobiles. We did, yes. Yeah. It's not too much to say about Planes, Trains and especially given that we talked about it last week, but it's just fucking great. And yeah, it did make me start to feel a bit Christmassy. In spite of the fact that it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, but it's a festive movie. Yeah, it's a festive it? movie. I think you can count it in the festive period. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like an introduction to Christmas movies. And then it snowed, and then we went to Hornsey on Sunday, and it was snowy, and then we bought like Christmas cookies and mulled wine, and I've started to feel Christmassy. And I, it's it's John Candy and Steve Martin that are to credit for that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. But yeah. Um, yeah, the... the <clears throat> It's just, it's like you said last week, Ian, it's not, there's bits of it that potentially feel a little bit like people would pounce on them if it was a film release now, but there's so much affection and nostalgia for it that it's just been left alone. So it does feel, it doesn't feel particularly dated, apart from the fact that you're like, just fucking use your mobile. Use your Apple Pay, dude. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if you remember a world before the internet, I think you can kind of wrap your head around it a bit more. Yes, I think if you couldn't remember a world before the internet, you'd be there going, God, is this how people used to live? <laughs> it is a bit like that, though. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when we used to have gigs and we used to have to print out like... I mean, and this is this is for us. We used to print out like Google Maps pages, didn't we, to yeah. take with us. Like back before that, you used to have to buy a fucking map and follow <laughs> it. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, just know where things were. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. Follow road signs and like know how to decipher those bastards. Nah. Fucking batshit. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Um, and then we watched the incredibly festive because you know there's snow, so it must be festive. Fucking Everest. Yeah, we did. Hell yeah, nice, what, okay. What a fucking bleak movie this is. There is no mm-hmm. level to the bleak in this movie, is there? The thing about it is, you, you're almost watching it going, 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 oh, look, it's at the start of it, like, it's this story about, you know, this, this guy who's come up with a way to get people safely up to, up to Everest, and, you know, that more everyday people can do Everest. It isn't, it, it, it's less... <laughs> gatekeeper yeah then you'll only charge us 65k for the fucking privilege and then you start to learn more (laughs) little bits about it and then everybody dies yeah and you watch it going just but the you watch it going right so it 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 is there's all this build up to it and then there's this you might they might not even get there and then it starts quite subtly I think and it does it quite weird of going look this is we. If you're watching this, going, why do why do people do this? Literally, there are people who are there going, why are you doing this? Yeah, but they're still fucking doing mm. it, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And you've almost got the within the movie where the movie actually asks the character, mm. why are you doing this? And none of them can give an actual proper reason. Mm. And other than, because most people can't. Mm. And that's, that's kind of it. And then... I'm sure someone's been to the top and taken pictures. I'll just go on Google Images. I'm fine and, with that. And then it, it, it's the fact that it lingers as well. It, it's an incredibly bleak movie. It really is. And it, then the thing is... It like, lingers on people dying. It, it, yeah. Yeah. You go through that with them. Yeah. That bit where, what's his face? What's his name? Um, Dougie, I think he's called. What's the actor? Yeah, the bit where he just fucking unstraps himself for the thing and then walks off the fucking edge. Yeah. And then Jason Clark turns around and it's like, oh. And then Jason Clark dies with very little fanfare as well. Yeah. Just gets essentially stays there because he physically can't get down. It's just, and then, but then, why do people want to go? Well, there's like 200 and odd dead people on Everest yeah. that are just still there. Yeah, because they can't go down. Why would you want to go up there? Like, surely you'd get to the first one and go, actually, no, do you know what? I'm fucking out. Yeah. I, I do not get it at all. That's the point. It's, it's fucking stupid. There's a documentary. Josh that- Brolin's got no nose now. Or hands. Or hands. Um, there's a documentary, I think, that's just... It's either just arrived, um, or it's about to arrive, on um, on Netflix. It's a Netflix documentary called... I believe it's called 14 Peaks. 
Um, and it is about... Here we go. I found it. Um, it's about literally a uh, an ex-Sherpa um, who basically wants to take who basically climbed the 14 highest peaks in the world in like a seven month period so he does like two a month ridiculous um and yeah i'm 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 almost certainly going to watch that in the next couple of weeks just Mm. because just the idea of it like i just there's not there's not a single part of me that wants to do it at all like skiing no interest in it whatsoever. But I will happily watch a movie about it. Baseball. What? You don't have any interest in playing don't baseball. Don't have any interest in baseball, man. Watch the shit out of a baseball movie. I will watch the shit out of a baseball movie. Being in a horrific accident at sea. You don't want to do that. But nope. you, you like watching Terrifying. movies about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everest is, is great. It, it's, I, 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 I enjoy Everest just for the sheer... Just showing it like it is... <laughs> Yeah. Of it yeah, all. Fair. You know, people who, who literally, who, who you know, fair enough, there's, there's people out there who'll go and do like fucking Snowdonia or what's the one in Scotland. Go and do that. And then when they're on the car back, you, they'll be there thinking, I can fucking do Everest. Like, no, you can't. You die. Yeah. Because look, even these incredibly skilled <laughs> mountaineers die. It's one in four dies, and it's mostly to do with luck. It's fucking stupid. It's bonkers. Kira Knightley's actually all right in this, though. Yeah, she's not bad. Enough, yeah, she, she pulls off the accent quite well. I was, I was a bit, a bit concerned. Robin Wright convincingly plays a Karen. Yes, yeah, she does. An yeah. entitled shouty Karen. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's just it's just fucking bleak. I I feel like I probably will never watch that again, remembering now how bleak it is. But then I'll forget, and you'll suggest it again, and I'll go, oh yeah. Mountain climbing, I like cliffhanger. And then we'll watch it again. Yep. Yep. They are up four years, I reckon. <laughs> um, we watched um, the Charlie Sheen movie and what's her face? Uh, Terminator Lynn, lady, Linda Lynn Hamilton. Yeah. Shadow Conspiracy. Yes. About uh, a political thriller about a shadow government within the real government. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry. Yep. And it, 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 it's a George Pekers Mattis movie that he actually directed. Nah. Nah. It's not true. It, it is. Sounds fake. No, it's not. It, it's, it's not one that he was just there while Kurt Russell asked Mrs. Stallone directed. He actually directed. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's, it starts often it with these. What what are they called? Like the Committee for Civic Responsibility for or something like that, yeah. isn't it? Um, that just basically collate bad shit that people have done and extrapolated to try and work out conspiracy theories and stuff. Yeah. And they accidentally uncover one, don't yeah. they? Yeah, quite a big one. And then they and all then, die. Yeah, then Stephen Lang just comes in and starts shooting everybody. He does a lot of that. He does a lot of that. He doesn't speak in it, does he, I don't think. I don't think he does, I think no. there's maybe one line in it. There's a lot of Stephen Lang just maniacally just murdering people. Just, there's a lot of murder. <laughs> Striding menacingly and shooting people. Yeah. And do you know what? Linda Hamilton must have felt well at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really quite enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good fun. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, it is kind of 
it's, a, it's our jam, yeah. 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 Um, but it's, it looks good. Uh, the acting, it's all quite good. Charlie Sheen is at that period where he's still a, a proper movie actor. He's not quite become the... He's not been coming to two and a half men, Charlie Sheen, and yeah. the crazy Charlie Sheen we've got now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's on Disney Plus, I believe we watched it, did we? I think so, yeah. yeah. Star. Star. It was. Yeah. Star, yeah. Um, and it's an hour of 40 odd minutes of just good, kind of conspiracy thrillery action moviness. Yeah, the thing is, once it gets going, it doesn't really let up either, does it? No, so it it's, it's kind of keeps you. Yeah. Engaged and on the edge of your seat. It gets going pretty quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Those poor people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a straight in at it. Uh, yeah, Shadow's pretty. It, it, it's, it's fun. Oh, God, I forgot about the drone until just then. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. The drone helicopter thing. So at one point, Stephen Lang decides that he needs to take out Everybody in a room. Well, he's after the president, isn't he? He's after the president, but it's it's almost like maximum casualty. Yeah, it's like if he kills, if the president is in a room with a hundred people, if he kills ninety of them, he's probably going to kill the president. Yeah. Uh, so he hides a drone, which is just a remote control helicopter. He, he shows like a scene of him making, making it. Like it he yeah. makes the drone first, but yeah. that he's attached like a machine gun to, yeah. and hides it in a box. Then out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it just bursts out of the box, flies up in the air, and just starts shooting everything. So many people get shot. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the president. Yeah, the president's fine. <laughs> yeah. How does he get him in the end? Oh, he releases the balloons, doesn't he? Yeah, he just drops a lot of balloons on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked it. It's good. I'd, w- I'd watch this again. Yeah. Yeah, I had fun with it. In preference to Everest. Yeah, maybe. No, maybe not. Um. Russia will now throw its hat into the ring. I've seen this Drago fight. Drago is a super athlete. I know I can beat him. Hey, Paolo, look, maybe the show is over. You've got nothing more to prove. He thinks he's fighting for the whole country, but his reasons are wrong. I'm asking you, as a friend. Stand in my corner. Just this one last time. I did not come here to lose. Perhaps this simple defeat will be a perfect example of how part. Your society has become! You're my friend. I should start this fight. And don't do this to me. Apollo is down! I cannot be defeated. Somebody get a doctor in here! Soon, whole world will know my name. Drago. Drago. I let it happen. I gotta take everything he's got. He's had one professional fight and one man is dead. It's suicide! You can't win! This is gonna be a time when you're gonna have to do things that other people don't think are right, but they're gonna be right for you. You gotta do what you gotta do. Not the fight been set yet. It's in Russia. Are you 
All your power, all your love, everything you've got. You know what to do. Do it. He's not a machine. He's a man. Be more man than him. I must break you. Rocky is in serious trouble. Breathe. Don't be scared. Get up, you son of a bitch. All those fighters you beat, you beat them with heart. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. So we weren't planning on doing this, were we? The next our our next feature review. No. We didn't plan on doing this. Happy coincidence, mm. though, wasn't it? Uh, but then we decided to uh, because why not? So our next movie is Rocky Four: Rocky versus Drago: The Director's Cut. Uh, so it's a it's a new cut with forty not additional minutes, just forty different minutes <laughs> in it um, it's been a while since I've watched Rocky 4 yeah so I, I, there, there's noticeable bits that are not in it but then there are bits that I in my brain I'm thinking right I don't think that was in Rocky 4 but it might not be so it is it's, it's still directed by Sylvester Stallone because it's the director's cut funnily enough it still stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shear, Carl Weathers, Dolph Lundgren, uh, Burt Young, uh, and Bridget Nielsen. Um, but it is, it is quite a bit different. Mm. Um, Happy Birthday Paul is not there anymore. Um, and it becomes a bit more of, I think, a, a bit more sombre and a bit less bombastic than Rocky IV. Yeah. Um, Ian is it is it better is it worse or is it good in its own different way yeah I mean it's interesting isn't it it's um, it, it's the product of Stallone now obviously going back and just thinking about what he was actually trying to say with Rocky Four, And I think it's really interesting that th- there was all this other footage there to actually create something that is actually, pre- like, it is coherent, you know, um, where this is more about the, or at least the first half is about the male ego and how kind of drifting into obsolescence is fucking terrifying. Um, Whereas the original cut, at least in my memory, is much more about Rocky growing kind of complacent and his best friend not exactly dying as a result, but making decisions that lead to the death of his best friend. Because, you know because he, he is just like rich and comfortable and buying robots. Um so I yeah, I I, I don't know, it's interesting. It, like I I think the second half has got a lot less differences. Um and 
I'd almost think if Stallone was really wanting to make it a more serious, considered film, you'd probably cut out at least one of the montages. Um, Because the second half of the film does... It, it, it is still Rocky getting revenge over Drago, albeit with a bit more humanity to Drago, which is kind of like feeds into Creed 2. It's an interesting bit of work, this. Um, I, I, I think probably at broadly the same level as the original cut for me, but I think it's really interesting that Stallone's done this. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely agree with that. Um, but you yourself were self-proclaimed as not that familiar with Rocky Fall. No. So how did you find this director's cut? Well, I'm not that familiar with any of, like, the whole Rocky run, really. Like, I know I've seen them, but um, with the exception of Rocky and Rocky Fall, they all kind of blend into one for me, into, like, a homogenous mass of punching. Um, but I, I, I really like Rocky Four, but I, I couldn't tell you, like, I couldn't look at it and go, oh, that's different, that's different, that's different. Um, so it was like, it was just like watching Rocky Four for me, but it did feel more... It felt more pacey, and it felt more... Like you say, with the, the poorly stuff being knocked on the head, more of a serious, proper film. Um, but then I suppose, like Ian said, the the poorly stuff and the robot and things like that are there to highlight the fact that he's become essentially a bit of a fat cat um, and then he has to drag himself back from that. But, but I think this kind of starts from a different point. It's taking it in a different way right from the start, isn't it? Mm. He's not really a fat cat. He's, he is training still and he is doing stuff, so... So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I just couldn't really necessarily pinpoint the differences. Tonally, it does seem more serious. Yeah, I think you've got the... You've got that extended opening. Like, I think, like, you said there, Ian, I think, that, that um, the majority of the, the different or new footage uh, is pre-No uh, Easy Without montage. Yeah. And then, and, and that is about a halfway point in the movie. So the second half of the movie, there's a lot. There, there is still additional little bits there, and there's, there's, there's bits removed, and there's little tweaks. Um, but it is it, that is a lot closer to the original, where it's the, it's the build up to that mm. that is that is quite significantly uh, different. Um, so even like the extended opening, um, the callback to Rocky Three, um, is a lot. Is a lot more that's there mm. uh, from the original uh, there. I, I I really enjoyed this. I was probably always going to yeah. really enjoy it, um, but for a it's not a long movie. It's only like a 90, 93 minute movie, I believe. Um, but it it moves at a fucking pace. Mm. It's it, it, it just it. Feels it got to like the, the the Drago fight, or it got to Hearts on Fire, and I was like, "Shit, I feel like I've been watching this for half an hour, <laughs> yeah. and it's got like twenty minutes left." It's it's yeah. a it's it's a, it's a really because the there must have been a temptation, or there yeah, there must have been a temptation for Stallone to 
essentially pack more into it. Yeah. And make a, a two and a quarter hour movie. Mm. But he's not trying to do that. It, it, what he's trying to do is go, right, I think, again, I used to it, it is at a time he's gone, no, Rocky Four at a time was the movie that I wanted to make. Yeah. But now going back to it, it's maybe not the movie that, the Rocky movie I wanted to make. Mm. Um, it was maybe the, I, it was the American movie that we wanted to make. Mm. And this time it was, they wanted to focus more back on the, the sort of the, the character of Rocky and the, and like you said as well, there's a lot more of, you know, Apollo's broken ego. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, within it, of the fact that he, you know, Rocky seems to be able to cope with the fact that they're getting old. Uh, they can't do, you know, that, that, that that's what happens. Yeah. Whereas Apollo can't, you know, this new fucking hot shit um, boxer and he happens to be from Russia. No, I can't, I can't let that fucking pass. Can't that. You know, <laughs> I'm the, you know, I, I, I can show this kid what to do. But you've still got the, you know, the great moments in it of Apollo's, you know, he's trained seriously like that, but he already thinks he can beat this kid. So he's not actually focused on yeah. who he's fighting. Um, and then, you know, you have all of the ceremony of the, you know, the, with the James Brown being there and everything like that. And then you get the first moment of realisation from, uh, from Apollo of, Shit, I never actually thought about fighting this kid. When, yeah, the bit where they, when they have the, the gloves and he smashes the gloves down, and it's like that's the moment where Apollo kind of goes, I might not be able to do this. Shit, this guy's really powerful. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the. I, I think that the, the, there's an altering of the, uh, of the way that the. Um, there's still the same bit. In it, where Apollo's turning around to Rocky and saying, "Don't stop this fight," um, you know, but it's different, slightly different in this one. I think I, think, I, 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 I might be misremembering it, mm. um, but I'm fairly certain it's a different take because he says to him, rather than it's you know, "Don't stop this fight," it's the he says to him again. I might be paraphrasing slightly. He says, "If you're ever my friend, you will not stop this fight," mm. and. In the in Rocky Four, the, the original, he literally has the uh, the essentially oh. the towel in his hand, and you get quite a a, a a fucking a fast cut between him about to throw the towel in, but not really been able to, and Apollo falling mm. for it, and you get that. Whereas that's not there in this it's slightly different it's a little bit well you see it fall to the floor just as a yeah. falls to the floor don't you? yeah there's a it happens quicker mm. in this version it's 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 less it's dealt with in more of a this is what happened mm. rather than a rather than let, let, let's create the drama it is just bang mm. it just happens Can you say that the bit where he kind of nods at Rocky, Drago nods at Rocky in a kind of... Yeah, that's not in it. No. He, he, he looks at Rocky. 
He stares at Rocky in, in, in Rocky Five. Again, I might be misremembering. Mm. He stares at Rocky, but he doesn't, as he's fallen and Rocky gets in, he does give him this look and a little nod, mm. as if to say, you knew that was going to happen. Mm. He, you know, he couldn't do that. Um, but then there's, there's, there's more in the final fight. Uh, yeah. Between Rocky and Drago, it, it, it builds more up that the Drago and the you know like you had again you said that it, it builds him out as more of an actual character and more of a fleshed out you know person within that uh, yeah that builds out more of that you know that he's he's been used as a machine and I'm fairly certain again might have missed it but the steroids bit isn't in this one. The witch bit, sorry? The steroids bit. Is there a steroids bit? There's a bit in Rocky Four where you've got the dueling montages. So you've got the montage of uh, Ivan Drago. Yeah. And you've got the montage of Stallone. Yeah. Uh, and Drago's in like this big, like purpose-built gym where everything is tailed around him. Mm. In Rocky Four, there's a bit where it literally, where you can see them a couple of times essentially giving him injections. Oh, I don't remember. Not in it. In, I, I, it's not in it in this one. No. And it is almost like... Like Stallone's kind of looks at it and goes, do you know what? No, because that made it look unfair. Yeah, yeah. Like Drago wasn't this machine. It was this... It was... He had this... Same hands. Yeah. Mm. And that's unfair. Uh, and, and for that... And yeah, it's... But you've still got, you know... Once No Easy Way Out kicks in, you've still got that, that wonderful moment of going... And I think just this... Of, of Rocky looking back over everything that's brought in there and yeah. all of this and knowing you know for him there he's looking going I don't I, I don't think I could beat him but I have to try yeah and it, it's like even he can't work it out he can't explain why mm. but he's got to um, and and then the heart's on fire of him actually going having it all and going, do you know what? No, maybe I can't. Not beat him, but go, you know, match him. Yeah, yeah. That's there. You know, it, it's still there. This is this is what I do. Glad they didn't do too much with the whole training montage thing, though, where it's showing him in his gym doing things and then basically the lo-fi rocky version of him yeah. doing the same things but like with a fucking horse and uh, with a, like a cart with people sat in it or yeah or whatever doing fucking sit-ups off the edge of a table yeah and there's a there's a great moment um where he's doing essentially like a, a, like a reverse pull-up bit on a table yeah and Bert Young's giving him this look of oh oh um <laughs> uh, that um, apparently from watching a director's commentary of this before um, is Bert Young was literally watching Stallone do that and that's his actual reaction <laughs> to Stallone doing it and was weirded out by everything and there's, there's so much of him just been weirded out by different bits that Stallone was doing <laughs> so apparently all of the reactions that Bert Young has to, to, to Rocky's training are genuine yeah. So like when when, <laughs> when Stallone's pulling out the rocks up and bits like that. Yeah. Stallone, we are watching with Stallone, uh, commentary with Stallone saying they're actual rocks. 
They're fucking heavy. Wow. When I'm lifting up the car, that's a proper car with people sat in it. And he was, he was saying, you know, that is, I've never, ever been in better shape than that in my life. That was the peak of my, mm. uh, of what I did. He said, and the problem was, and so there's, there's actually a little bit, they've tweaked some of the scenes in this. Um, he said, what we had to do is we had to tweak it because Rocky shouldn't have been in that good a shape at that point. Yeah. The point is he wasn't supposed to quite be in that shape. So you've got to see him get towards that shape. So some of the earlier bits of the montage have been slightly altered right. to, to, to make it seem like he's not quite there yet. Yeah. And he's got to go, he's got to get back there. And so we had to use a little bit of soft focus on some bits <laughs> and kind of like clean up where, uh, where, where, where he said, where I'm quite, so he said, there's no better way to try it, quite oily. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to watch the documentary now, but um, Ian, the changing of the aspect ratio. Yeah, why? Why? I mean, I you know, it, it it is a somewhat different perspective on it, and I imagine they just took the original footage and kind of opened up the the mat and just had more on the left and right. But it just feels odd. Um, and I think if when you know it. I think you can kind of see it sometimes um, where there is a bit you're not you necessarily, yeah. yeah, you're not necessarily seeing all of a character's head or something like that. And it is like, oh yeah, that looks odd. And it felt like dicking about for dicking about sake. Um, also, I, I will say the, the, the 4k looks good um, and it looks nice and bright and poppy and whatnot. But I, it it feels a bit more day glow than I remember the original looking, but then again, I've just never seen it before in HDR. So yeah, it's it just odd, you know. Like, it, and it, if this is Stallone's preferred cut, it's just going to be weird going through Rocky's one to three in flat, watching this in scope, and then going back to flat for Rocky five. I can't remember what Rocky Balboa's in, but maybe that's scope, actually. But it just feels like an odd choice. I'm fairly certain Balboa's scope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was quite interesting uh, that they've changed it. I wonder if in the... Did you watch all of that documentary? I've watched the first half. I haven't watched the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm wondering if it gets brought up in that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Have to wait and see. Uh, I mean, it, it, that 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 feels a bit too in the weeds for people like me. <laughs> um, it's. I mean, I'm still definitely not shit. I think it's a. I, I I still got the Rocky Four vibes from it. Oh yeah. I'd like to watch them in you know, like in order. And then this one, and then like five, and just see how oddly different it feels. Mm. Like whether it's still, whether the canon still tracks with the differences that have been made. Yeah, the problem is it's Rocky Five shit. Well, yeah, there is that. And it is just shit. It's not like something that's misunderstood or anything like that. It's just not very good. It would be quite interesting if he went back and did the did something with Rocky Five. Yeah, what well, made it good. Yeah. Or gooder. Um, 
But even Stallone says it's not the movie that they envisioned. Yeah. And the work print was quite different. Right. But I think the work print was like four hours long, so. (laughs) So, yeah. So, we'll see. Our audience poll, though, on it, was definitely not shit 83% and shit 17%. Mm. I think people mm. seem to have a lot of feelings about the changes that have been made. I think Rocky Four is a lot of people's favourite. Oh yeah, without without question, I think Rocky Four has a really um, it's. It, it, I think there's a possibility. It, it's one of those where with the Rocky films, it's universally regarded that Rocky is the best Rocky film, but Rocky Four is people's favourite Rocky film. Yeah, that makes sense. You might one of you might mention this, and I might have missed it. The way that um, Bridget Nielsen reacts to Drago losing at the end is completely different as well, isn't it? Mm. Don't she like fucking brush him off and tell him he's a loser or something at, at the end? I think there's some yeah. yeah, and she's quite she's like more supportive in this one, isn't she? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. In the in the original, no, you're right. In the original cut, she's just she is a bit like fuck off, yeah. loser. Yeah, like, like literally, like mm. yeah, like, like she's not like it. She's contractually his husband, uh, his wife. Like Sharon Stone in Total Recall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But less hot. But yeah, but less hot than Sharon Stone in Total Recall. Yeah. Because most things are. Uh, <laughs> questions. We have some. What really? Even though you didn't put it out until so late. Fuck off. There's a couple. Yeah. Wow. Dylan Black Lanterns. Uh, Best on-screen dog. Ooh. I mean, all dogs are good dogs. Best on-screen. Yeah, I, 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 I think the dog in the thing. Um, well, actually, no, the dogs in the thing reacting to the thing dog. I think those are really good dogs, and I felt really, really bad for them. That's a good shout out. And they were just shit scared. And I really like those dogs. Halle Berry's dogs in John Wick are quite good. Yeah, they are good boys. Can I have Milo from Mask? I mean, you can. Oh, yeah, that's a good shout It's a good dog. And it's funny when he gets the mask, when he has the mask on. Can I have Valcor from Neverending Story? I mean, technically he's a look dragon, but let's be honest, it's a dog. It's a big flying dog. Well, it no, if, if, it's a dragon. if it was a dog, it would be a dog, but it's not. It's a lock dragon. No, but it's a, dra- it's a dog, though, isn't it? Look at it. Uh, all right, fine. If you're going to do that, what the fucking horse entangled? Well, that's not a dog at all, though, is it? It doesn't even look like a but dog. But the lock dragon's not a dog. It's a lock dragon. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That's got a point there. You literally, you covered that by saying, I know it's not a dog, <laughs> but... <laughs> it looks like a dog, though. But it's not a dog. But it looks like a dog. Oh, the, the, there's there's so many good dogs. And yet you couldn't think of one, so you had to invent one. No, I went with Halle Berry's in John Wick. There's so many good dogs that my favourite dog is a luck dragon. I just really like Valcor. That's fine, but the question wasn't, what's your favourite yeah, luck dragon? It's not. That's not quite a Jordan's fourth favourite movie death <laughs> comment. No, I was just thinking that. <laughs> but it's not far off it. <laughs> uh, 
Ritkin, The Keep is a noticeably different type of film than the rest of Michael Myers' filmography. When you consider other directors' film- Michael Myers' filmography. Yes, Michael Myers' filmography. You don't know who's going to notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice it. Um, when you consider other directors' filmographies, what films make you think, well, that's an unusual film for them to make? Right, well, I saw this one and I have an answer and I'm getting in in case anyone else has got the same answer. Go on. That weird lawnmower movie from David Lynch. Straight, oh, straight Story. Yeah. That's a good shout. That's not a David Lynch film. Isn't it? Though? No. No, it's not. No. It's just not. It has a start-to-end narrative that makes sense. It's not a David Lynch That's movie. That's a fair comment, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think Spielberg with the terminal. Like, yeah, okay, Spielberg. Especially like, that okay. period in his career. Sorry? Especially that, that period in his, his career. Yeah, I just, it, odd, you know, and it, but to be fair, it's a thing that only Spielberg could really do. Like, they basically built an airport terminal to film it. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's the power of the Berg, isn't it? Um, Oh god, there's you you know there's others, but seriously, that's the first one that just sprang to mind there. I mean, I think Starman. Yeah. You know, talk it like with, with with Carpenter, like is just a complete where the fuck did that come from? Um in a way you could go memoirs of an invisible man there as well, but at least there's a kind of a genre well, I mean there's a genre element to Starman, but Starman is this kind of like touching melancholy drama like in amongst like I mean what was the film what would have been the film before Starman The Fog I think it was The Fog yeah Um, or or Christine maybe or maybe Christine was after Starman let's have a look let's have a quick look like that where is it Uh, so Starman is between Christine and Big Thrubble in Little China right okay I mean there you go like that is fucking crazy Mm. Yeah, that's bit that's, um, that's bonkers. That bit's between those movies. And didn't Bridges get a fucking best actor nomination for that? Yeah, first thing he did. Yeah, it, it was. It was like it was one of like his critically, uh, like best reviewed movies. Yeah, yeah, fucking fascinating. By like the general press, um, Ridley Scott legend. Oh, 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 oh! Go on. One, sorry, Francis Ford Coppola, Jack. Yes, that's a good shout. Yeah, Sorry, that's a really good shout there. <laughs> that's one of those ones where, where where you go, really? The Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, are you sure it's not the Mexican non-union equivalent, like Francois Fudo Cupulu? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's an odd one that one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, legend Ridley Scott. That's an odd one. Mm. Oh, that's a good shout. You know, it's just not a... Ridley Scott movie. No. And yet, he he counts it as one of his favourite of his movies. It's fucking great, his legend. Good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I, I, it, it's not my, my bag, but I like that people like it. Oh, baby Tom Cruise in it, though. Hmm? Oh, baby Tom Cruise. Another one that, that, that people try to take the piss out of Tom Cruise about. Uh, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, I really enjoyed making that movie. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Um... <laughs> Oh, speaking of Tom Cruise, some images have come out while we've been recording. I've I've seen these online of him practicing for Mission Impossible Eight, where 
He's on the outside of a biplane upside down. Nice. What the fuck? Right, I'm going to Google Tom Cruise now so we can see these. Tom Cruise. Oh, fucking hell. Jesus. And you know that's actually him. (laughs) (laughs) The guy is bonkers. Like, what the fuck? What is he doing? (laughs) I mean, he looks Uh, like he's having fun. Yeah, but he's having a fucking will. Like, but he's literally, like, the biplane is upside down, but he's right side up in this picture I'm looking at. Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, God, yeah, he's upside down, isn't it? And he's just the one where he's, like, waving his hands in the air like he just doesn't care. <laughs> oh, he's fucking bonkers, isn't he? Yep. I love it. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look at the he's too. So he'd started to learn to fly it. So what's going to happen then? Is he going to... Is he going to start flying it and then he has to, like, start wing walking for some fucking reason? You know he's going to start flying it and turn around to Simon Pegg and go, right, you need to take up this. He's going to go, what? I don't know how to fly this. He's going, it's really easy. And it's going to be that. Where are you going to be? On the wing. (laughs) And it's going to be that. And then it's going to cut back to some kind of microphone thing. To, what is it? Where he says, I can't really concentrate right now. I'm trying to find the plane. And go, I thought Ethan was flying the plane. No, he's on the wing. <laughs> and that's what it's going to be. And big rounds to go, of course he's on the wing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you f- know that there is a part of him that is like, I hope I die doing one of these things. Yep. So I just live in fucking infamy. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's a, there's, there's a, do I want to get to the point of where I can't do this shit anymore? Or do I want to go doing this shit? Yeah, and it, it, like 100% people would just be like, fair enough, it's how he wanted to go out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and there will be a stipulation in his contract that states, if we have shot more than 80% of the movie, you must release it. <laughs> Uh, it, it's yeah, hell yeah! I, I uh, good on him. There's that. Ne- there's never going to be anyone like him. There's not. No, I don't think there can be anymore. No, that and that. That's exactly it. Just you know, filmmaking now. You're not. You're not. You're not going to have it. Yeah, you're not going to get a star that can be big enough to essentially. Not just do whatever they want, and that's where he is at the moment. Mm. And he's he's so he, he could flood the market. He could the rock and do three films a year, mm. but he doesn't. He mm. does what one every two years. Yeah, you know we're gonna have. Is it next year? We're gonna have two next year. Two Tom Cruise movies next year. But that's literally because Maverick got delayed by the pandemic. Yeah, if Maverick actually ever comes out. Is it the new, um, what's it? New Mutants? It, it could be a bit of the new, new Mutants. <laughs> it's the one that no one talks about. 
Uh, I mean, like, it's getting to the point with Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick now where people are going to be asked questions about the making of it and they're going to go, I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, when's it due out? I think it's, I think it's July. Fuck. That's ages away. So that must be like... Uh, it was released uh, 27th of May 2022. Okay, there you so go. That's so, getting okay, for, so not... that's getting on for two years. Yeah, I, it's it was supposed to come out, I, th- I, I think, over Thanksgiving weekend. And it, it, it kind of feels like... It could have done really well. And I, I, you know, I mean, I get it. It's only a couple of weeks until you got like West Side Story and Spider-Man and whatnot. But it feels like it probably could have hung around. Whereas next summer is going to be pretty stacked. Like, I, I hope Paramount don't regret this decision. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to Maverick just because it, 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 it could be, could be fun. Oh hell yeah! I'm gonna see that shit in IMAX and marvel at it. Like I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, it does kind of feel like uh, have you sat on it a little bit long? But hey, we'll see. And uh, music by Harold Faltermeyer and Hans Zimmer. I mean, that's a fucking combo that, that can't be beat. Fucking hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we covering next week, guys? Uh, so next week is oh uh, uh, Becky's most anticipated film for the rest of the year, I think. Yeah. Yay! I think it is. It yeah, comes out two days uh, from now. Yeah, Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, and uh, so Netflix has got the power of the dog on now. Ooh, yes. Um, so. If you guys are up for that, I might try and get that rewatched. Actually, I wouldn't mind another go around at that. So yeah, I'm up for that. I'm off power. Of the dog. All right. Yeah. If if you guys are definitely up for the power of the dog, I will commit to a rewatch. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm looking forward to that. Actually. Okay. All right. Cool. Um. Uh, the new Mike Mills film, Come On, Come On, is out as well, but I don't know how wide that's playing. I think it's really um, unwide. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it is as well. Yeah, narrow. Yeah. Like a narrow release. Not unwide. Narrow. I, I mean, I, I, I got unwide. <laughs> a narrow release sounds wrong. <laughs> but unwide um, is not a word. And unwide isn't a word, but it feels like it should be. It should be, yeah. <laughs> If if it feels like one of those words where the simulation is actually going to go, yeah, that should be a word. And this time next week, will we be. will all be reprogrammed and unwind uh, wide. Will just be, yes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm assuming none of us are bothered for watching this Boxing Day. Uh, uh no, no that's fine. Well, we, no, we we jumping at the bit. No, it's just I'm just looking at what's out this week. Yeah, I'm not uh, no. 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 <laughs> Do you want to see the Matrix reissue in the cinema? <gasps> no. I've seen the Matrix in the cinema a couple of times. It's um it's playing in IMAX though. Um like first time in IMAX. Oh maybe. It, if 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 the IMAX was closer, if I didn't have to drive a half hour, if it was like the, the, the one that's near me, I'd go check that out. 
but it's only playing once a day at like nine and it's like oh fuck you now I can't be asked to do that and then not be home till midnight so do you know what though it's what? not doing super screen at our cine world do you know what it is doing though oh is it doing 4DX fucking is <laughs> time yeah. if we get time we might do that <laughs> I mean, if you were going to do 4DX... It's a good film to do it for, isn't it? It's a, that would be fun. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Okay, but we'll definitely be doing Resident Evil and... Power of the Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, okay. Right. Good. So that... um, also, the poll, the poll's not out yet because I'm useless. Um, so we'll do the whatever wins the poll next week as well. I'll, I'll get that out in the next day or two to give us time. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, that was episode 424. Thank you very much for joining me, Rebecca. Oh, thank you very much for hosting, Mark. Thank you very much for joining me, Ian. Thank you very much, guys. Got a feeling Liverpool are going to fucking spank Everton, so enjoy that. I, 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 I never count my chickens with these things, ever. Ever. No, I, I know you don't, but <laughs> I, 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 I think you're going to be all right. I, I am terrible to the point of where of, of where we were, when we were um, falling up against Arsenal the other week. Literally, in the last 10 minutes, I was still nervous. Yeah. No, I, no chickens for you. No. I am the... I think you said this to me before, haven't you, Becky? Is the, the... Have you ever actually enjoyed watching a Liverpool game? I was like, no. I enjoyed them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but the actual... The process of them happening is horrible. <laughs> Don't know why we do it. No. Thank you very much, guys. I
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>